Bonjour, Lorraine. Bonjour, Marie. Can you believe it's been nine weeks since we've come to Paris? Time has really flown. Following the master's travels can sometimes feel exhausting. Right, but it's such a spectacular journey to see how much Abdu'l-Bahá has accomplished during these visits and sojourns. It's really a source of inspiration for us today. Let us hear from Lady Blondfield one final time before leaving, as she describes the master's stay in Paris. Every morning, according to his custom, the master expounded the principles of the teaching of Baha'u'llah to those who gathered round him, the learned and the unlearned, eager and respectful. They were of all nationalities and creeds, from the East and from the West, including theosophists, agnostics, materialists, spiritualists, Christian scientists, social reformers, Hindus, Sufis, Muslims, Buddhists, Zoroastrians, and many others. Often came workers in various humanitarian societies who were striving to reduce the miseries of the poor these receive special sympathy and blessing. Abdu'l-Bahá spoke in Persian, which was translated into French by Monsignor and Madame Dreyfus Barney. My two daughters, Mary and Eleanor, our friend Miss Beatrice Platt and I, took notes of these talks from day to day. At the request of the master, these notes were arranged and published in English. It will be seen that in these pages are gathered together the precepts of those holy souls who, being individual rays of the One, were in diverse times and countries manifested here on earth to lead the spiritual evolution of humankind. The words of Abdu'l-Bahá can be put onto paper, but how describe the smile, the earnest pleading, the loving kindness, the radiant vitality, and at times the awe-inspiring authority of his spoken words. The vibrations of his voice seemed to enfold the listeners in an atmosphere of the spirit and to penetrate to the very core of being. We were experiencing the transforming radiance of the sun of truth. Henceforth, material aims and unworthy ambitions shrank away into their trivial, obscure retreats.
You're listening to the Journey West podcast, dedicated to following the travels of Abdu'l-Bahá in the West. There can be no true happiness and progress without spirituality. November 21st, 1911. Ferocity and savagery are natural to animals, but men should show forth the qualities of love and affection. God sent all his prophets into the world with one aim, to sow in the hearts of men love and goodwill. And for this great purpose, they are willing to suffer and to die. All the sacred books were written to lead and direct man into the ways of love and unity. And yet, in spite of all this, we have the sad spectacle of war and bloodshed in our midst. When we look into the pages of history, past and present, we see the black earth reddened by human blood. Men kill each other like the savage wolves and forget the laws of love and tolerance. Now this luminous age has come, bringing with it wonderful civilization and material progress. Men's intellects have widened, their perceptions grown, but alas, in spite of all this, fresh blood is being spilt day by day. Look at the present Turco-Italian war. Consider for a moment the fate of these unhappy people. How many have been killed during this sad time? How many homes are ruined, wives desolate, and children orphans? And what is to be gained in exchange for all this anguish and heartache? Only a corner of the earth. This all shows that material progress alone does not tend to uplift man. On the contrary, the more he becomes immersed in material progress, the more does his spirituality become obscured. In times gone by, progress on the material plane was not so rapid. Neither was there bloodshed in such profusion. In ancient warfare, there were no cannons, no guns, no dynamite, no shells, nor torpedo boats, no battleships, no submarines. Now, owing to material civilization, we have all these inventions, and war goes from bad to worse. Europe itself has become like one immense arsenal, full of explosives, and may God prevent its ignition, for, should this happen, the whole world would be involved. I want to make you understand that this material progress and spiritual progress are two very different things, and that only if material progress goes hand in hand with spirituality can any real progress come about and the most great peace reign in the world. If men follow the holy counsels of the teachings of the prophets, if divine light shone in all hearts and men were really religious, we should soon see peace on earth and the kingdom of God among men. The laws of God may be likened unto the soul and material progress unto the body. If the body was not animated by the soul, it would cease to exist. It is my earnest prayer that spirituality may ever grow and increase in the world so that customs may become enlightened and peace and concord may be established. War and rapine with their attendant cruelties are an abomination to God and bring forth their own punishment. For the God of love is also a God of justice, and each man must inevitably reap what he sows. Let us try to understand the commands of the Most High and to order our lives as He directs. True happiness depends on spiritual good and having the heart ever open to receive the divine bounty. 
If the heart turns away from the blessings God offers, how can it hope for happiness? If it does not put its hope and trust in God's mercy, where can it find rest? Oh, trust in God, for his bounty is everlasting, and his blessings, for they are superb. Oh, put your faith in the Almighty, for he faileth not, and his goodness endureth forever. His Son giveth light continually, and the clouds of his mercy are full of the waters of compassion, with which he waters the hearts of all who trust in him. His refreshing breeze ever carries healing in its wings to the parched souls of men. Is it wise to turn away from such a loving Father, who showers his blessings upon us, and to choose rather to be slaves of matter? God in his infinite goodness has exalted us to so much honor and has made us masters over the material world. Shall we then become her slaves? Nay, rather let us claim our birthright and strive to live the life of the spiritual sons of God. The glorious Son of Truth has once again risen in the East. From the far horizon of Persia, its radiance is spreading far and wide dispersing the dense clouds of superstition. The light of unity of mankind is beginning to illumine the world, and soon the banner of divine harmony and solidarity of nations will be flying high in the heavens. Yea, the breezes of the Holy Spirit will inspire the whole world. Oh, peoples and nations, arise and work and be happy. Gather together under the tent of the unity of mankind. Now let us hear from our round table on this talk. My name is Ivan and I'm a filmmaker. My name is Lydia and I'm a writer. My name is Shira and I'm an educator and poet. One of the things that um, really struck me about this talk from Abdu'l-Baha is um, I had studied social development and the point of that is to try to discover what is progress and how can communities and groups be helped to progress progress. And Abdu'l-Bahá points out very clearly that if our focus is only material progress, then we won't have true progress. Um, and so he points out that there's these qualities of love and affection. It's interesting that each time he talks about spiritual qualities, he um, says love and then another quality of God. So love and affection, love and goodwill, and love and unity. Yeah, had sort of the same... Um, I would say that that's probably the theme of this talk that he gave, where he talks about um, how material uh, development um, and progress will not uplift man. Um, this idea, because now we, we like to think that living in, in 21st century, we have more than people have ever had, but we still haven't really um, progressed in sort of a way that we should be progressing. The, the the thing he says in this talk that, that material um, progress without spiritual progress is like a body without a soul. Um, so basically, in a way, it's almost like with, with all of this material achievements that we have achieved, we've done nothing almost because we still have wars going on everywhere um, in the same way that he, he talks about some current, current situation back then in 1911, and things have not changed much since. I feel like often um, 
material progress is seen as advancement of self. And so when you're so focused on the advancement of self without the spiritual aspect of uplifting humankind and working together for the transformation of society, um, you end up with a situation where you have wars and where you have ego that is driving the progress of the world, which creates a situation where, like he said, the, it's just a body. A body without a soul is nothing. And like you said, the material progress is often the goal is the self. Um, something about the self or the ego or just something in the physical world and nothing beyond the nothing that encompasses the transcendent element of man but as he says it our goal should be to uplift man and so something like material progress would take a different um, course if our goal was to uplift man and we were trying to decide whether or not we wanted to um, create a road if that road would connect different um, people to one another and increase trade and would do something that um, it would increase ideas and learning and these things, then a road would be a wonderful thing. Um, but if this road would actually make it so that people were isolated from one another or it were to tear apart a community, then there's no, there's no upliftment there. And this material progress would only, as you were saying, Shara, would start to dissolve um, that which is spiritual, that which is unified, um, and it kind of breaks down into wars or some smaller form of that. But in any, in any case, there's no progress. Yeah, exactly. It's almost regress in that sense. If you build it, this road, for instance, just to to with with sort of this negative idea behind it, it's actually regressing. It's making people become um, mo almost like animals, and and we can see that in every war that happened anywhere. Weapons have always been developed. Far as, you know, every age had superior weapons than the one before it, but people have actually regressed through it. That they have gone back to basically an animal level, regardless of the technology. I feel like this kind of ties into what you were saying earlier, but that this quote, true happiness depends on spiritual good and having the heart ever open to receive the divine bounty. And that um, often when we react to a situation that is negative, we react with anger rather than being able to overcome the anger. And... Um, react like and find true happiness through spiritual growth yeah exactly and and i think in a way uh today's society is this society of self of ego of this anger of, of immediate response uh, with this sort of lower nature um and to try to have as much as you can for yourself where um means justify the end the end justifies the means where you just um have to have more and more and regardless of what the price of it is and how does that affect other people. And we can see it on every, I guess, level even of, of human endeavor today, from, from individual to, to all the way to global, things that are happening in various countries and, and politics everywhere, are, I guess, driven by this idea mostly. I think, too, that it's interesting and I think that it's increasingly common 
for a consciousness to be very evident that people are tired of injustice, for example. So injustice is a lack of the spiritual quality of justice. Um, but when we, the only reaction we know is to go backwards, is to go to this more negative, um, this destructive force, because we don't necessarily know uh, hum human humanity doesn't know right now what to do. Um, and I think that Abdu'l-Baha um, was addressing this because he was saying to figure out what are the spiritual qualities that we have to uh, apply to a situation and how do we go about doing that and that, that our only happiness will lie within figuring that out. Exactly. And as you said, he, he always mixed, sort of, he always mentioned love in connection to any sort of other um, spiritual quality we have to develop. And it just makes me think about other writings of Abdu'l-Bahá that I've read, and, and he actually always um, emphasized this love and this service for others, whatever we're doing. And then he would, from there, depending on the context, mention some other qualities that we have to have in order to, to achieve any certain goal we are trying to achieve. It's amazing how... Um regardless of what he's talking about, he always seems to lay the groundwork for spiritual growth at the individual level as well as at the societal level, just simply through the words that he chooses to use. Exactly. There is no, I would say, dichotomy between individual and collective. It's Individual is a part of collective and therefore influences it tremendously. Mm -hmm. And all changes that, that occur on one level influence the other. I think one thing that he says that strikes me very much at the per at the personal level also um, is when he says that true happiness depends on spiritual good and having the heart ever open to receive the divine bounty. Because um, when we were talking about uh, an awareness of a lack of a spiritual virtue being responded to in anger or frustration and these things, um, at that point, we're not necessarily open to divine bounty. And if instead we um, had some faith in the capacity of those around us and faith in the power of God um, to help us be able to address a situation, perhaps we would respond to it at a much higher level and then we would grow spiritually from it because we've developed certain capacities like consultation, um, prayer, meditation, reflection, even being able to analyze a situation for what it is, I think those are all part of spiritual growth. Detachment. Detachment, One definitely. that comes to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Important. Yeah. I think another thing that is very timely that Abdu'l-Baha talks about here um, that you brought up earlier also was when he's talking about in the material plane how very quickly there's been these advances in weaponry and in warfare and that warfare has become increasingly horrific. Um, and when we think about the potential of every human being to offer some contribution to the progress of mankind, and you see many, many people who are very skilled in the sciences often don't have a lot of opportunity beyond building weapons. Like, and then the, and the, there's this... Um, there's not because I think also that there isn't this 
huge emphasis in society on spiritual development, I think that often people feel then stopped. Like either they have to help contribute to the development of weapons and warfare, or they have to like become something else that's not fulfilling their capacities. I think that if we had more of an emphasis on the spiritual development, it would give people an opportunity to think, okay, I have these certain talents and qualities. How can I help it for the advancement of my community? Whereas right now it's kind of just get a job and my jobs only lead me thus far um, and then I'm limited. Yeah. And the idea of having a job that pays more in, in that sense also probably a, a working for a non-governmental agency or organization that's trying to help people is not as lucrative as building weapons in the same sense if you think about it yeah it makes me think of um of a classroom where in the majority of the west at least classrooms are very much oriented towards the individual and it's how can i succeed how can i do better how can i compete with everybody around me, how can I be the best in my class versus a situation where perhaps it's how can we as a collective come up with um, knowledge that can transform the world? Like how can we work together to create a better society? And I feel like we as a society are still kind of in this mode of um, self-promotion and we're kind of starting to work towards the idea of transformation of society as a whole but we're only in the definitive stages of that I like that thought I have a classroom as a unified entity I've never thought about it that way <laughs> never it would probably yeah. also facilitate advancement on an individual level when I started thinking about it, yeah. That's profound. <laughs> <laughs> You've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's also, yeah, maybe if, if we start try to think how do we implement these ideas that Abdul talks about here, how do we turn that into action in our daily life? How do we um, think about it? One, one thing that came to my mind when I, was, when I read this and I was thinking about it, like what's the practical aspect of, of this spiritual versus material in a way? And, and, and I kind of remember a very simple maybe um, example of if, you have, if I had like some extra money, I would immediately start thinking about what can I buy for myself with that? Um, and personally, I don't even know a lot of people who would think, how can I help somebody with this? <laughs> because, again, I think we live in this society where we have been taught to think that way. What can I you know, provide for myself with this that I have here? And I don't know, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot to think about, and it's not always as easy maybe to translate these profound ideas into action. I think you're really right, and I think that this talk of Abdul Baha, he moves us in our in looking for true happiness. He moves I out of the equation and spiritual advancement into the center of all of our decision making and all of our pursuits.
Thank you for tuning in this week. This will be our last podcast for a while. The master is returning to Egypt until March, before heading on the second part of his Western journey to North America. During these few months, we'll feature several shorts of how some of the friends from around the world are commemorating his travels. Before we go, we'd like to thank Mae Talaby for reading the talk, and Ivan Mihotsi, Shira Trick, and Lydia LeMay for their roundtable discussion. Also a special thanks to Jessica Tagigi for playing the role of Lady Blomfield. Don't forget to check out our site and email us your stories to thejourneywest.org. Au revoir. Bye.